guys, welcome back to another episode of Coffee and Van Chats. My name is John Kroom, and on this episode, we chat with Gavin Hoover. Gavin Hoover rides for Elevate KHS Pro Cycling on the road, as well as a member of Team USA for the track program, and has a shot at going to 2021 for the Omnium in the Olympics. So I met Gavin at a talent ID camp when we were both training for the Team Pursuit team, and the Team Pursuit team didn't make it, but he now has the opportunity to not only ride the Omnium, but also the Madison. So please sit back, relax, and listen to a few crazy stories that we have while being on the road together, as well as his training going into the Olympic Games for 2021. If you haven't already, please make sure that you hit that subscribe button and leave us a review. But first, let's hear a message from our sponsors. All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of Coffee and Van Chats. My name is John Kroom, and I'm here with Gavin Hoover, and I'm pouring a beer. And Gavin, what are you drinking right now, man? Uh, I've got a little gin and tonic because there's no beer in the house. So gin and tonic, a, a very classic cycling uh, uh, cycling drink. I think that was like Bradley Wiggins's like go-to for for solid. But yeah, vodka soda. Vodka, but yeah, vodka soda on a diet, and then gin and tonic when uh, when you're feeling a little risky. But anyways. So Gavin, Gavin's background, I'm going to let him dive into it, but me and Gavin traveled all over the world whenever I got selected um, to ride Team Pursuit, and uh, well, that didn't work out. We didn't make it to the Olympics, but Gavin was smart enough to start cracking into the Omnium, and actually, I won't even say smart enough, but good enough to start cracking into the Omnium, and uh, yeah, he got seventh at Worlds last year in the Omnium. Um, and now he's on the Olympic long list with the potential of 2021 Tokyo. So yeah, man, let's just chat about how you even got into track cycling, where you even got into cycling and yeah, how that all kind of started. Uh, yeah, I, I started on the track weirdly. Jen was giving me shit about this the other day because I got yeah. a mountain bike. Um, you can't ride a gravel bike either because you only rode it once and you crashed. I really ride a gravel bike either. <laughs> Yeah, there was like, you know, I, I grew up in LA and the, the track there is super close to my house. Yeah. And there were, I think Worlds was there in 2006. Okay. And, uh, you know, my parents like kind of rode, not really, but like rode bikes and uh, were like, oh, the World Championships. Let's, let's go watch that. And I was like nine. I was like, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. Yeah. I was this all the time. And there was a junior program there, uh, Connie Cycling and started that and just kind of like progressed through that and started racing on the road a bit as like a 16 year old, 17 year old, did some national team stuff and then uh, got my head kicked in in Europe and came back to track. Like, yeah, I, I remember bits of that. Cause that's like kind of when I met you, you were kind of a bit shafted with like the road side of things. Cause it was like a lot of it, let's be honest. Like you definitely have to be good. Like, let's be real there. Like you have to be good enough, but it, when it comes to certain people, after a while, it starts to become like who you know, because you might not be fully developed, but it's willing to give you the opportunity, you know? And I feel like you didn't know a lot of people to get the opportunities. So you kind of created them for yourself. So let's kind of chat about that a little bit about how, I mean, you, you lived in Belgium for a couple of years, right? Yeah. I mean, I had like, a, I did, I did a lot of national team stuff as a junior and then kind of like uh had some had some clashes there with national team coaches yeah and was like well 
peace. I'm gonna go, you know, I'm gonna go do this by myself. Yeah. Um, and I went over there and lived over there at 18 uh, and raced with the junior team. And that was super sick. And, uh, you know, did a lot of the bigger races as a junior and, and was getting results. And then at 19 was like, it was also a big contraction year in US like U23 cycling, like Cal Giant went away. Yeah. Uh, Hoggins Berman's folded. Uh, maybe Airgas had been a team and that folded as well. So I was like, well, there's not, there was kind of like action. And if you weren't good enough for that, there was nothing else. Yeah. And I was like, well, I'll just, I'll just go back to Belgium. I'll race for a, a Conti team over there. I had, you know, some connections there. And I did that and it was just like, it was a big shift because at 18, I'd been living with a family that was, you know, part of the junior team. Um, and then at 19, when as a first year elite, lived by myself in a tiny little town, like yeah. 5K from the bottom of the Claremont, and just like repetitively got my head kicked in. Yeah. And by the end, by like, you know, three months in or two months in, I was like, this is not great. Yeah. And then in ignorance, stubbornness i was like I'll, I'll keep going and stayed for like seven months and just got progressively worse and worse and worse and then yeah. came home and was like oh man i do not like bike racing uh and it took a little bit of time off and then and then the team obviously the team pursuit program was starting and yeah. i'd had enough of a track background that i got a call about that and um you know it was like oh here's a, here's a reason to keep riding uh, for sure. And I mean, and you were there, I wasn't very well, but well, but for how young you were, like, I mean, to already be thinking about, I guess, you know, even talking about this with Johnny whale on a podcast was like retirement, like define the word of retirement, but like you were so young, you were about to just straight up hang it up. Right. Yeah. It was definitely like, like I came back from Belgium in the middle of like September. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> definitely think if I'd come back in classes been like all right I'm done bike racing but as it was I came back and there wasn't you know, I was kind of in this weird limbo where there wasn't a lot else to do yeah so I was like well I like riding my bike I'll just ride for four months and see what happens okay. um, and just yeah but it's yeah I mean it's hard because you know you do we like we've talked about this like I was doing national team stuff at 15. Yeah. So you're already yeah, sure. four or five years at that point. So they're like, yeah, it's super young, but at the same time, like you've already lived this lifestyle for quite a while. Yeah. You, you essentially rode from 15 to the time you first thought you were going to quit for the amount of time that I've ridden a bike completely. I'm pretty sure like at that point, like, yeah. I was, <laughs> yeah. And so pretty close. And, and I mean, even, it even hit me after, after Belarus or Glasgow or whatever, I was just like, fuck, I don't know if I can do this like much longer. Cause it's just like such a head spin. So I can only imagine now trying to go to the Olympics. Like how did your head, how was that for your head? Like, how was that for your mental game in the sense of like, Oh yeah. Yeah. There's only like nine more months. And now it's like, Oh yeah. 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 Now there's like 18 more months that you need to take this shit seriously. Yeah. Uh, I think the big, you know, like I've realized I actually really like riding my bike. Yeah. Which is good. 
No, that's awesome. Yeah, because you know, same it's... thing in this quarantine thing. Yeah. So, was, you know, I've been writing a lot. And then also, like, it's such a different, um, you know, at Worlds, I was like, okay, maybe, maybe if everything goes right for me at the Olympics, I can go top five. Like, I yeah. can get two spots back from work. And then you get an extra 12 months, and, like, 100%, I would rather be in Tokyo right now. Yeah. Um, I think the Omnium was supposed to be tomorrow. But wow, you get another 12 on top of that. Okay. Now I only got to move four. You get an extra twelve months to make that happen, and it it changes the way I looked at it a lot. Like, it definitely went from a delay that's taking time out of the rest of my life to like this, you know, added three hundred and sixty-five days to to get another two spots back. Yeah. So, so now that now that you have now that you have this time, so have you just pretty much been taking the time to ride, taking the time to explore? What's been your best quarantine like experience? Uh, I don't know. I've been, I mean, I've been lifting a lot. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think like even in the way we team proceeded, we were pretty like polar up. Like I was doing it on a very fitness aerobic base and you were doing it on a very like just straight power. Um, so that was, a, that was a big area for me to close. It was like, okay, let's, let's get in the gym. Let's lift heavy. There's no racing. Yeah. So it doesn't matter if you're like you're just thrashed yeah. for two months. Um, but I've definitely, funny, you know, like. It's funny that you say that because it's like, essentially that's, I'm literally doing the exact opposite of what you're doing. So like I'm yeah. on a rolling, yeah. I'm on a rolling 20 hour a week kind of schedule right now where it's just like 20 hours i've literally had this new coach yeah the matter of three weeks and it's just been oh yeah do 20 hours this week and then next week do 21 and let's increase time in zone three and then do 22 the next week and that's literally just what it's been like and i'm like so when do we take a rest week and he's like well are you cracked and i was like no not really he's like cool we'll just wait until you crack okay Sounds good. Let's just keep going then, I guess. I was uh I was at the gym today. Yeah. Sato gave me like a Hershey's nugget, like little piece of chocolate. Mm. It was the best thing I've ever tasted. And I got halfway through it and was like, man, maybe I'm in a bit of a rough state of this taste this good. Yeah, this is amazing. Yeah. No, yeah. so <laughs> so let's let's kind of dive into your national championship win and how that kind of goes into how that goes into you getting seventh place at worlds like we haven't had somebody probably since brad huff do well at worlds and like when i when we talk about doing well at worlds in the omnium or in an olympic event you know i mean top 10 there's only 24 people in this event and like we yeah. take top 50 percent as like a huge a pretty decent deal like because on the track side of things, a lot of those guys are funded in their own way uh, to worlds yeah. or whatever else, yeah. but you know, what have you, but, uh, but yeah, we haven't had somebody since Brad Huff and I'm actually going to Google that. Like when's the last Brad Huff at worlds? Because I'm curious. Like third. I mean, Huff third. Scratch. Yeah. But what year was that? Maybe 2007, 2006. 
Yeah, let's Google it. But yeah, so like, let's chat a little bit about like, how do you, you know, how did you make the jump? Like, cause if, if we, if I could have guessed the podium at nationals, I wouldn't have had you winning. I definitely would have had you on the podium, but I would not have had you winning. And I would have thought it would have solely been a tactical error, but you raced the hell out of that thing. So let's, let's kind of chat about that. So like kind of what was your preparation going into nationals and like kind of what was your thought process? Because it was almost as if you were prepping yourself for a backup plan. Yeah. I mean, I, like there's a, a misnomer, I think that like, uh, you know, like I rode the Omnium at junior worlds. So there was this misnomer that I was just a team pursuit guy. Cause I'd only been, you know, that's all I've done for two years. Um, hey guys, sorry about the brief interruption, but just wanted to give a huge shout out to this week's sponsor of the podcast, and that is Beetroot Pro. I've been using Beetroot Pro for quite some time now, and honestly, it's the best beetroot powder that I've ever used. It shakes up super well, it doesn't leave a clumpy mess, and it doesn't taste like dirt. If you've ever been interested in trying beetroot powder, this is the product to try. And you can get 15% off now by using code BANCHATS at beetrootpro.com. Now let's get back to the episode. And like from, you know, from day one in the program, as soon as we saw how the Olympic selection was going to go, I was like, all right, well, there's only maybe two guys in the program that could ride all three events. Um, and I was like, I was always looking, I was like, all right, I want to, I want to be at least in, I want to be in two events. If, if the team pursuit qualifies, I want to be some riders yeah um, and nationals like because we we'd had an average team pursuit result at worlds that year um but it you know we'd had a really good season like we'd been on the podium in hong kong yeah so it wasn't like this full gas back plan it yeah. was like okay the team pursuit's like ticking along okay some stuff might like, there's a lot still to play for. We're not in a great spot, but it's okay. And then I was like, all right, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to go try and get this as well. Yeah. And just the way that spot was set up was like, um, the way the qualification worked, I was like, I definitely need to, you know, I, I treated nationals like it was an Olympic trial. It's like, yeah. I need to win nationals to have any shot at getting world cup starts later in the year. Yeah. You know, uh, and I definitely, like we were in T-Town, uh, <laughs> I mean, you talked about it. It was just like, you have to be good here. And then you have to be good here. Dude, and two days later, you have oh to be good Oh my here. God. Like, then, to a point where we're almost getting sick. It's like, I mean, they oh, couldn't. I, I remember I went. And I get it. And I was just like. Well, Lambie has this whole philosophy of like, if you can't get, you know, if you can't win nationals with being under the pump or if you can't get fifth at a that's what it is if you can't get fifth at a world cup in training like in a block then yeah. you're not you're never going to win worlds you're never going to be olympic and that like actually resonated in my brain that was one of those things that like kind of when i came when i was coming back i was like oh you know what like i'm going to take that mentality of like this next quad that's how i'm going to look at everything even if i go to a national championship yeah. And I get second, that's fine. I just want to be on the trajectory of 2024, yeah. you know? Yeah, I think that's where, like, you look at GP 
and you're like, how do these guys win every four years? It's like, because they're totally willing to throw away world like world titles, everything. world cup wins, like everything for an Olympic everything. Goal. Yeah. But, I found out that Brad Huff, by yeah. the way, was 2007. But anyways, continue. You were right. Right on it. Uh, yeah. So, like, we went to T-Town. And, you know, you were obviously kind of competing for a TP spot. Very um, hard. Very, very hard. Yeah. But at, at that point, like, and Lambie were, like... Solidified. You know, like, barring disaster, we were going to be in the TP team. Yeah. So I was like, all right, I don't, I don't need to be good here. Like, the coaches are telling me I need to be good here, but I don't actually need to be good here. But you almost kind of did because of your mass start ambitions. You know what I mean? But at the same time, like, I was willing to uh, – just the way the selection was written. I was like, I will throw uh, all the way so I can win nationals and get uh, the panic. So Which I is like a big dice roll, like because essentially it, you're it, saying, yeah. I'm, I'm not going to crash, I'm not going to get eliminated early, um, yeah. and I'm going to race a smart fucking race. Because that's, that still doesn't show who the best racer is in America yeah. or who's ready to race in Europe, in my opinion. Like, it, it just doesn't. Oh, it's a terrible selection procedure. No. Like, just because you're getting, just because you, you know, you win a UCI race, well, even if you – I feel like if you win a UCI race in T-Town, you have a better argument than winning a U.S. national title. 100%. Race, yeah. Like, these were there. Canadians yeah. were there. It was a way harder field. Um, that being said, I won nationals by, like, 70 points. You know? Yeah, dude. But, and that's the, Well, that's the thing. It's like I don't know if you actually won nationals off your tactics and your smarts or if you were just super fucking fit, like, cause it was, it was the wildest thing I've ever seen. Hedgeberry was too though. Like I've never seen Hedgeberry just like yeah, lap the yeah. field. Like it was standing still. It was insane. The best, the best part of that whole thing was like me and Hedge are just miles ahead of everyone. Yeah. And, we attack, and we're going to like, no one's chasing us at this point. Cause we're 80 points in front. Yeah. And we attack to take a lap. Hedge does not ask me to come through the entire lap. We get like within 50 meters in the back of the field and there's a point sprint, but I just kind of come up next to him and like bikes throw up at the line. And as Jeez. I'm going, as I'm next to him, he's just like, fuck you. <laughs> yeah, it was like a, it was a 120 lap match sprint at that point. Like barring crashes and barring anything crazy, like you guys were literally just like, oh, if Hedge took a lap, then you took a lap. And if yeah. you took a lap, then Hedge took a lap. And like I got, you know, I went into the points race with a big enough lead that like the first time hedge lap, I was still leading. So I was like, all right, I don't, I don't have to panic. Yeah. Um, and then just went and got one back. And then after that, I don't really think I left his wheel. I was just like, all right, well, yeah. this is my great. Was there, all right. So understand that there's billions of people listening to this, you know? I know. I, I looked at the UK on some of them before this. It's, it's coffee and van chats. There's a gajillion thousand people listening to this. Um, was there ever a moment where you were like, oh, shit, I'm going to lose this? Or, oh, shit, I don't have it? Dude, uh, not in the points race. Yeah. But if you watch the scratch race, so we That's laugh. the first race, dude. No, what do you mean? Like, dude, there's, so there's like four of us or five of us that are up a lap. It's like me, Hedge, Holloway, Colby, Eric, Klein, maybe. So the entire and team I, pursuit I team. Yeah, basically. It's like, 
Yeah. Um, and I'm like set up on Klein and Holloway with like four to go. And I'm like, yeah. Like I'll just coast the wheel in, get like, get on the podium. That's good enough. Event one. Like I get weirdly pinched somehow. I'm like fighting with someone. You see me like almost fall over someone's back wheel. Have no idea how I held it. Go like to last wheel and then just start this charge over the top. Yeah. And coming into the bell, I'm just like hooning over the top of everyone. But I definitely had this moment like I'm about to get last in the scratch race and that's going to be Omnium over. Yeah. So when did you think, well, now rewind, so or fast forward, when did you think that you had it sealed? Like you were just like, I'm good. Uh, I, I think like, as soon as I was able Billions to laugh, of people. Oh, when you like were taking laps, nose breathing? Yeah. Yeah, was, you know. Yo, dude, like I remember watching it and it literally looked like the two of you were just like, oh, you take a lap? Cool, I'll take a lap. And it was yeah. like, it was almost like a game, you know, we do, we do that train, the Omnium training where you lap the motorbike or whatever. Right. And the game of that is to see how fast you can lap the motorbike. I think, like, I think that's the best part of it. And then you're just completely fucked, but it it, it literally looked like you guys were like, I'm going to lap it in a kilo. I'm going to lap it in three laps. Like I'm just going to see how hard I can go. And then towards the end, it was like, who can do it the slowest and pick up the most points? Yeah. And then that stuff started happening and it was, it was nuts. It was nuts to watch. It was a cool race. So even after you won nationals, which I was super stoked on, it was cool to see because again, I'm not going to lie. Like if, if we, if we went back in time and it was like, Hey, who do you think is going to win? Or do you think Gavin has a shot at winning? I would have said, no, I would have said, the best part is Colby was at my house. Like he stayed yeah. with me for nationals. And uh, he probably would have like, thought you were delusional too. I was like, I'm going to win the obvious. And he was like, okay. I don't okay. think, oh, sure, Gav. Yeah, yeah. A hundred percent. And like, it's just like, and it was no hard feelings. Like we're still friends. It was all good. It was just like, I mean, that would have been like yeah. me going like at the time, it would have been like me being like, I'm going to win the pursuit. It's like, okay, you've, you've been close to Lambie before, but like, think about this. This is a whole nother Although year. You are the only person in that, in that Bellinger on that day that doesn't understand why you didn't kilo him in the final. Yeah. Or at least why. Yeah. Well, I can explain it. You know what? Because billions of people are listening to this, I'm going to explain it, Gav. Here's what happened. I raced him in the qualifier. Mm-hmm. I tried to go as fast as I fucking could, and I blew yeah. up. We were riding like 102 kilos at our second I've, kilo. I've it, been there. It was I've not a like 414 pace before, and I'm like, well, Lambie's doing about a 406, so I'll see you later. Not a good idea. I just remember hearing like 15-2, and I was just like, oh man, oh god, like that's we're like a kilo in, and like at that point, I blow out to like 17 fours, like. At the last, full. yeah, yeah. And so just full, full, just fully blown. And then I looked at my coach and I was like, I really want a good time. Like, I just want, yeah. I know I can't beat him probably, but I feel like if he goes, I feel like if he goes 417, I could probably do a 420, you know? So let's go on pace for 420. And then sure enough, the dickhead goes out 
full gas, comes by me and goes, what does he say? He said something. He said, oh, yo, buddy. Said that yeah. as he passed me. You got to be at Pan Ams when oh. we were So I break the American record. He breaks the world record. And then we're together in the final. He catches me like six laps in. And as he's going by, just, you know, like, yo, buddy. Yeah. Like, so we used to have a coach who would always call us. We'd answer. and We'd, he, we'd hear yo, buddy. And so um, hopefully he's listening to this. I'd really appreciate it. That would be cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yo, buddy. Uh, <laughs> so maybe he'll text me and say yo, buddy. But I don't know. Um, but, yeah. So, so you win nationals. And, and obviously, like, I didn't think you would win. Um, but then there was like a solid moment where it was like, I don't think anybody else thought you were going to win either. And so it was like a, Oh fuck situation. Like this is what the selection criteria says, but, but they didn't really want to send you to world cups. Cause they didn't know, you know what I mean? Cause like, yeah. that's an Olympic spot. Like if you, again, like we were talking about before you told us about this, like just because you win nationals does not mean you're European no. ready. No, it's truly not a great selection. Yeah. It's not, it does not make you European ready. So like, how did you get, but now mind you, you had that Belgian background, but how did you get European track ready for in the matter of what, four months? Yeah. I mean, I, so I think nationals guaranteed me Pan Ams and one world cup. Yeah. And at first that was all I was going to get. They were like, you get one. I was like, and I like the backstory is I spent like, two months where I was on the phone for at least like two hours a day arguing with people just like every single day I was calling like the coaches the management at USA and just being like this is unfair this is unlike you need to give me more and I was very confident I was like if if you give me one like I cannot do this first time but if you give me one I can put this together yeah I just argued and argued and argued about it until finally they were like, all right, well, we're not sending a team to Hong Kong. You can go to Hong Kong. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I have two. Uh, and I got that like when we were in Europe. Mm-hmm. Um, so very little preparation. This is when we were also yeah. supposed to be the like, best so we, we did possibly that whole, could be. Oh, dude, it was... <laughs> oh, man. We did. So we did that whole, you know, Minsk-Glasgow Minsk, block. Yeah progressively lost fitness the whole time we were in Europe. Oh yeah. Because it's and snowing. I, I raced Glasgow. Yeah. Pissing rain. It's freezing. Yeah. Um, I think I, we almost crashed. You remember when I was like super pissed and I was in Belarus and we were on the bike path and Eric was like trying to cuddle me and pretty much be like, Hey man, it's okay. And I like tried to ride away from him and I almost slid out and they were like, that's what you get for being a little angry bitch. Like you need to pull yourself you back. Get for being, yeah. I just remember those bridges over the canal that were like 40% and you had to launch over them and then like not die down the ice on the other side. Yeah. But anyway, so you but, get the, you get the, you get the uh, contact that you're going to go to Hong Kong or yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. So we do, so we like, lose fitness. I race Glasgow on the and I get 15. And I, I was like, okay, like I, the result wasn't what I wanted, but at the same time, I was like, I'm in this bike race. Like it yeah. wasn't like I was, you know, massively off the back or felt out of my depth. I was like, I'm in the race. I need a little bit more experience. Like I have this and went home and only had like a week at home. 
um, and basically just tried not to like, I, like, you know, walk that edge of like, I need to do as much as possible and not be overworked. Yeah. Um, and did a very measured, like, you know, I did a week that was a lot of ergo, a lot of five by five, five by to five. like the best of my ability. And then went to Hong Kong um, and was fifth. But I think that, that race, I was racing like farther outside my physical fitness than I ever have before. Cause I was like, okay, this is my, this is my Olympic shot. I need to at least be in like the top 10 to have, yeah. to, to have an argument for another world cup start. I need to be in the top 10. And I was, I was not great physically, but I just was like raced really smart and just went ungodly deep. Yeah. And was fit. Um, and then it was like, okay, you know, no one, no one else had gotten a, a finish that high in an Omnium World Cup on Olympic points. And that kind of changed the game. Yeah. No, yeah. That, and that makes it, and that makes a big difference too. Cause it's like Hong Kong was said to be easy, you know, <laughs> and we all knew like that was the, those were the World Cups, like Hong Kong, yep. Cambridge. Uh, that's where the team should have been. Yeah, the team pursuit teams. And like, but then that's where the Omnium guys were also going. But then you start looking at the field and it's like, oh shit, everybody had the same idea. Like, this is where we go store our last minute points, especially right before Worlds. Cause like, that was what in December? It was uh, maybe the first weekend of December. It was before Cambridge and Brisbane. Um, So, but any of the Omnium guys that like hadn't had great races in Europe were there. Yeah. So like, you know, Kaluga had come off a road season and had been pretty average in Glasgow and Minsk. So he was there. Yeah. The Kiwis were there. The Aussies were there. You know, it was still good, but it, the Omnium field on paper, I was like, or beforehand, I was like, okay, this should be like a good, you know, I've just done this insane Euro leg where Ben Thomas smashed everyone. Like, yeah. oh, good Hong Kong. This would be okay. And it was like, you know, you get the start list like two days before and it was like, hmm, this is, this is going to be really hard who do you who do you fangirl over the most in that field i'll tell you who i fangirl over the most in team pursuits just so we can both be equal Ooh, it's hard i think there's a lot of i mean i think ben thomas is just on he's, such he's another level he's insane it's it's but at the same time it's so far above you're like oh, i can't even fangirl that guy because he's just a freak yeah and then you're racing I, against him like yeah. <laughs> you know I've raced, like, I've raced the Kiwi kid, uh, Cam. I've raced Cam since we were juniors. Like, okay. we raced juniors together. Yeah. Um, so, I've always had a little. And he was like, World Cup last season. Yeah, because huh? he's, like, younger than you are, right? Yeah, he's a year younger than me. There you go. So, like, I've always had a lot of respect for the way that guy rides. See, whenever I first got into cycling, Ed fucking Clancy. Hands down. Yeah. Like, that dude is a legend. Just because it's, like when it came to team pursuit, when it came to Omnium, when it came to team sprint and like the injuries. Dude, like, he wrote like Liege best on Liege. He's like the only yeah. dude who've ridden like a world tour one day classic, maybe Teo Boss and like has a world cup team sprint medal. Like it's. Yeah, I would love to, I would love to actually chat with Teo Boss about that. Like I would love to know what accolades he has in comparison to his track accolades. He was like a decent world tour sprinter for a couple seasons. 
Yeah. Well, like, that's the thing. It's like, he was, he was on Rabobank. Uh, I think he even rode for like giant Shimano, which is like now team somewhat. Yeah. Or like blank. It was called blank. Yeah, it was on Blanco. It was on Blanco. Oh, Blanco. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's like crazy to think about. Um, but yeah, so, so then you go through this world cup season Still, people didn't like, dude. When you told me that you were gonna get fifteenth, I don't like. If you told me you were gonna get fifteenth at World Cup, I would have said you probably would have DNF'd. Um, and then it was like you got fifteenth, and I was like, well, like I know this sounds really dumb, but like when you're in like between tenth and fifteenth, at that point, it's a tactical like getting to the percent bike race. Even like, I, I think like. Maybe not 10th, but I think like the back 10, like 14th to 24. Yeah. Is kind of just luck. Like it's like yeah. where do you put your wheel on the scratch race? And then, you know, it would be interesting to bring Rob in on this conversation, like bring the science and the data into the sense of like what kilojoules we need to be to be like sixth. But because he's like, like, yeah. He made I had a long talk with him. Glasgow yeah um I was 15th and then Rob had Rob had all the video so I like went to his room yeah and had like a two-hour conversation and was basically like what like what do you, do you think I can do this and we yeah. watched all the video together and he was like you messed up here you messed up here you messed up here yeah but the power is pretty good and I was like oh shit okay you know and then do you think a little bit of it was nerves like understanding your place yeah like respecting the peloton because there's a there's a thing right you know respecting people's space 100 percent, and and also like i think which was definitely true at worlds i got a lot more respect you know there hadn't been an american this is gonna sound really bad there hadn't been an american racing where the euros would trust the wheel on some level of like you could get behind that guy and know he's not gonna let the gap go so i think a lot of them like looked at an american skin suit and were like I'm not getting behind this guy. Yeah. You know, and I got shunted around quite a bit. Um, and also like, I just made the wrong gears. Like I was not ready for how fast it was going to be. And I was just like, I think like a 102 will be fine. And I was what gear, be- what gear did you, what gear do you think you need to ride? Or what gear did you ride at Worlds? Uh, I changed around a lot. You could just give us the, a general. Cause there's, the a bunch of, there's a bunch of master's dudes who are like, yeah, but yeah, this is who's actually listening to. Yeah, this is that's probably who's listening to the podcast. It's cool. Uh, for the for the scratch race, I had a 112 on. 112. But and and like at some point, you're selecting race strategy based on gear. Yeah. And I was like, there's no way. Like you're going to be sprinting for fourth at worst. I'm not going to be going off the front in this caliber of field. I'll just put the really big gear on and sit there and let the race come to me. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I that was literally like track lingo right there. Yeah, let the race come to me. I'm gonna put a 112 on. Like, let the race come to me. Cause like, if you if 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 you were somebody like a new guy at the track, like, hey man, I'm about to do a scratch race. What gear should I ride? And you're like, this is what you should ride. And the reason why you should ride it is because you're just gonna let the race come to you. They're just gonna be like, "Mm, uh, yeah, let the race. Okay, all right. I'm gonna go ask another person. <laughs> I've got a good, but you remember we did we did a Madison together in T Town. Yeah, we did and damn good too. Beforehand, we're like, we're gonna let the race come to us. We did say that. Like, oh man, that's a, actually a good story. We should probably segue into. So, 
Gavin, Gavin is trying to make a mark in the mass start at this time. The, obviously there's some hierarchy and there's some, there's some, there's some, like you have to prove the fact that you can be X rider. Just like I had to prove that I could finish a 4k. You gotta, the best way like it's ever been explained to me is like, you have to be better than the guy that's in that spot. You yes. can't be as good because then there's not a reason to switch them. You need to be better than the person that's there already. And at least create a question mark of like, could he be better? You know what I mean? Like it's in the sense of like team pursuiting there. We, it's funny. You had a Lambie and then you had a Gav and then you had a bunch of guys who were like, like they all had their strong suits. Like they all had a certain job that they could do and they could do a damn good job at it. Right. Yeah. Like, and it's funny. Cause like, I would have loved to seen Eric do the peel, but like Eric never got the opportunity because it was like, well, Eric can still finish four and yeah. he actually yeah. does really, does really well, especially when he's super fit. And then you have a Colby and like, he can always finish. And it's like, there's just big mixture, right? It was, yeah. Especially for us. Like there was, there was a lot of guys competing for, for not that many spots. And the way we rode certain guys like fundamentally changed how we would do the ride. Yeah. Like, and it was super specific. It was super really specific changed. to the guys. Like yeah. every guy could only do specific things. It was almost like drawing in the sense, like I could paint and Eric could draw with pencil very well. Like it was that, like we were in the same ballpark, but we do two different things anyways. So Gav's trying to crack in and it's funny. Um, our coach is calling, all the guys and essentially trying to pair up Madison teams. I told my coach, I said, look, I'll ride with whoever, but I can tell you right now, probably nobody's going to want to ride with me. Cause I haven't been, you know, I don't have the aerobic capacity. I'm a massive mofo. And he's like, well, it's funny that you say that Gav was the first one to raise his hand. And I was like, what? And he's like, yeah, not only was Gav the first one to raise his hand, but he was the only one to raise his hand. And I think Colby would have ridden it with me if he had to, I think he would have. I <laughs> Yeah, but Colby also had no idea where he was when we were in T-Town. That, that's like, another thing. I don't even think Colby knew who his team was until he got there. So he's like, yeah, Gav said he would do it. And I was like, oh, oh tables have turned. And so that kind of got me nervous. So then I started training a lot. And um, we get there and we're talking with our coach because our coach comes up. It's funny. We're on this national team program and he's coming to each individual pro, like Madison pairing. And he's like, what are you guys going to do? And we're just like... Mm. we are just going to sit in. He's like, yeah, yeah. It's like, you know, we're just, we're probably just going to sit in. And he's like, yeah, that's actually what I was going to kind of like tell you guys to do. And I was like, okay, cool. Within the first 10 laps, within the first 10 laps, Gav has rolled it off the front. And we have our coach in the corner. And at this point, I specifically think he's just coaching us because he's yelling orders to us specifically. And it's just, Gav made the call. And I'm just like, oh, can you hang that call up? Like, we gotta get out of here, man. And then Gav's also off the front going, crap, I did make the call, didn't I? Like, I gotta commit to this. And so we were just full stick at that point. We ended up fifth, man, UCI Madison. I feel like it wasn't bad. Fourth? I think so. Even then, even better. It was like it was against within, like two keys, and then I think Eric and Klein beat us. Yeah, well, no, but like, Eric, 
Eric and Shane won, I think. I think you might be right. And then yeah, it was because like, Holloway and Kiwis Holloway and Hedge didn't show up yet. They were racing like Tulsa or something. Yeah. Yeah. And then we raced the Kiwis and the Canadians. And it might have been a Kiwi team and then us, or it was us. I don't know. We were the next best, next next best yeah. team. You know what I mean? It wasn't bad. Yeah, but it was uh, pretty good. I definitely launched that one, and then was like, I've done, I've done a bad thing because yes. we were all like, off. We can just get you know, if we can get you to like the double point sprint at the end. If we've done nothing all race, we'll get ten points. That'll probably be like fifth. Yeah, we didn't even have to sprint for. I don't even think we sprinted for the last sprint. And we still no, were like, oh, it's all right. Yeah. I think we're too bad. I got yelled at by Bobby Lee during that race, actually. Um, Ooh. Yeah. I was, I, wasn't, I was pretty worried Bobby was going to come back after like three years out and roll everyone. It's gonna be like, this, this is going to be bad. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I might get a lot of shit for this. I don't think he could. I, no, and he, and he was right. He's racing with Stephen Hall, right? Who was like pretty off that whole month. Well, it was interesting. Like Stephen Hall would be on, like for a race, or be yeah, off for a race, an amazing scratch race, and then twenty minutes later would just be like, yeah. I think I think we both when we raced Madison together, the reason why we did so poorly is partially my fault because I think I based us doing well off his fitness, and he based us doing well off my fitness. So he was just like, oh, we'll be fine. And I was yeah, thinking, yeah. like, Stephen Hall, dude. I remember looking up to this yeah, guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? But he he just got into a university and was studying the entire time in T-Town. So it was pretty impressive. <laughs> All right. I mean, yeah, that guy's a class bike rider. Oh, man, he's insane. But, yeah, so so then that obviously takes you to Worlds. And you now have to set up for Worlds. So – you know, you at this point you've gotten fifth. Was fifth in Hong Kong, and then do you go to Milton? Yeah. What well, did you do at Milton? Third. Third oh, so you're just getting better and better every time. So based off the trajectory, yeah. you're supposed to win worlds, and you don't. It's you pretty suck. much. I was. <laughs> <laughs> we just both had a blank look. Like if you're listening to this. Yeah. It was like, you're getting two spots every time. So, like, you're going to be world champ. There you go. <laughs> there you go. And so, you go to Worlds. Like, do, do you change your training at all? Or are you just like, oh, I just kind of have to coast a little bit off this? No, like, uh, I'd, done, I'd done a block before Milton. And I was like, then obviously it was really well on Milton. Yeah. And was like, okay, this is a this is a good blueprint of what to do. Um, and I basically went home from Elevate, sorry, home from Milton, went to Elevate Camp, just went full gas for like six days. Yeah. Was just like, all right, every, like I'm gonna go full gas every ride, every sprint. Like I'm gonna put myself in a deep dark hole. Did six days, and it was like, you know. 32 hours in six days or something. Jesus. It was like, it was crazy. Um, did that and was like, okay, I'm fitter than I've ever been. Took like two or three days at home, didn't ride, and then came to the Springs and did like track prep for two weeks. Um, and then if it had, we went to Worlds a lot earlier than I would have liked, like we, I think I showed up like almost two weeks before the Omnium. 
um, and basically just hung out in a hotel room in Berlin with Lambie for two weeks. That sounds um, like track cycling at its finest. Pretty much, yeah. It's pretty brutal. Hanging out, hanging around loose fitness. Yeah. We're just doing a very, ergo red box set, five yeah. by five in the hallway. In a very cold hotel. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, like did that, um, did some like very specific kind of points race sim work behind the motor here and was like pretty confident. I was like, okay, I'm, I'm super fit. I have the speed, you know, I'm, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get a good result here. Um, and I was really going in like, you know, I would have been happy with top 12, top yeah. 10 was like the goal. And then I was like, uh, I think top eight did something else for me for funding. Mm-hmm. So I was like, all right, you know, if, if you can get top eight, that would be really amazing. But I would have been really happy with top 10 for sure. Yeah. But you, I texted you after your race and you weren't stoked. So let's dive. Let's I definitely, dive that a little uh, bit. I just like, um, I made a couple of mistakes. I like, I've been racing the elimination really well all year. Yeah. Like the consistent through all the races was like really solid elimination race results. And then I just, I totally screwed it up at worlds and was like 10. And it was just like, you know, there's, there's a real opportunity because some, some good people were out early as well. And I was like, if I, if I'd finished like sixth in that elimination, I would have ended up like fourth overall. Um, so I messed that up. And then in the points race with like, like 20 to go, I was like, Shit, I'm still on like decent legs. Like I'm not fully tapped yet. Um, and I just started going with like everything. Like Viviani went and I was like, let's go. Went with that. We got caught. Went with Hansen. We got caught. And then I, Ben Thomas went. And I was pretty just fried. But I was like, okay, that's the move. And there was like three guys off the front maybe. Go with him. Takes us like two laps to bridge to the group up the road. And we get half a lap. Um, and then I just let, I let like those three guys were just in the box. It was like last ditch, like, you know, 18th through 21, trying to get the big bonus points at the end as you do. So I just like screwed up and let some, I let one of them in between me and Thomas. And then Thomas goes two laps later. And I just missed, and like, there's 10 meters and there's absolutely nothing you can do. Like that guy is gone. And I just missed the wheel and he laughed with three to go. And I'm still, you know, a quarter of a lap behind the field. And I'm just like, fuck. Yeah. You know, and I've just like replayed that so many times of like, I had the legs, I just messed it up. I just let someone in there. And that was, you know, that 20 points would have, I think, I don't think it would have gotten me on the podium, but it would have gotten me really, really close. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, it's like crazy to think about. Cause like I texted you and I was like, yo dude, I didn't even think you were going to race worlds. And I was like, man, you crushed it. And you were just like, okay. And, but I think it's cool to kind of think about that for a second is like, that's the mindset of a champion. So like, there's so many times where you were told that you shouldn't have won, you shouldn't have gone, you shouldn't have done. And yeah, you went, you did, and you won. Like, and that ended, ended you up on the Olympic long list, 
which I think is fucking awesome. And like, we had this chat, like being a part of the team pursuit team. It was a, it was a heavy time in the sense of like selections and things like that. In the sense of like, well, even if I don't make it, it'll be cool to know that what we've been through together and what we've seen together, like, dude, we've gotten into shouting matches, you and I. Like, you've got. I've gotten into shouting matches with most people on that team. We all I think have. I was like, the most combative member of that team. We all have in, like, our own right, you know? And it, it, I would say, I don't think I ever got into a shouting match with Landy. Hey guys, sorry for the interruption. I just wanted to let you guys in on a little secret that I wish I knew about sooner, and that is chamois butter. With the current pandemic and everybody jumping on bikes, you're probably wondering to yourself, am I supposed to feel uncomfortable down there? And then you decide to confide in somebody that you trust and that maybe even got you into cycling and they just say, oh, you'll get used to it. Well, in reality, it's actually an easy fix and you don't have to get used to pain and that is by using chamois butter. This product is something, again, that I wish I knew about sooner, and when I found out about it, it made my rides that much more enjoyable, along with allowing me to ride longer. So don't ride in discomfort and check out chamois butter today. Now let's get back to the episode. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I know, I know you did, but and that's the thing. It's like we've we've all been in a shouting match of some short sort, but to kind of to kind of think about it and be like, okay, like Gab's gonna go, you know, like there's an opportunity, like Hedge is gonna go, Holloway's gonna go, like there's this there's this like I felt like some sort of that support sent us that way, which is kind of cool to think about, and that's super exciting. But that being said. Who's your favorite favorite roommate? Because you're probably not going to have him in uh, in um, the Olympics. Oh, you might. I don't know. I mean, probably have one. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. It's hard. It's really hard. Rank them. You get you get three. You get your top three, and you can Ooh, rank I'll, them, and you can I'll, say, I'll yeah, rank them, and then the reason why they are, and then the other reason. So a pro and a con on three people. You see what I'm saying? So like you could go Eric Young, he goes to bed early, but he pees with the door open. I don't know. Dude, I mean, I think it's hard. You know, like I I was so young when this program started. Like I was, you know, I was 19. Um, And I think like almost, like everyone has had a hand in, in shaping who I kind of am today um damn that's deep like i think eric it really helped me take myself a lot less seriously that's you know good. like it's okay to have fear it's okay yeah. to like you know like shit like that um yeah i think me and me and colby spent so much time together yeah rooming because it was like all right two youngest guys on the team let's put them together yeah that makes sense so we like you know we roomed together so much um and we got into it like, I mean, everyone loves that kid. Yeah. He's truly like, he's probably the only person on the team that never got in a shouting match with anyone. Uh, he's uh, coming on the podcast soon, so. Oh, thank you. I've actually got, I've got a podcast idea with Colby. Um, oh, okay, sweet. I'd say, I'd say Colby was my favorite roommate, but I had to like also kind of bully him into not just exploding his shit everywhere. Yeah. And that was like a solid 12 months process of like, you know, coercing Colby into doing what I wanted him to do. 
now he like folds his socks, puts them away in the drawers. It's wild. Well, it's funny that you mentioned that because I had him as a roommate in T Town, and we all had our own our own rooms in this like dormitory or whatever. But it was almost like there was like the Norma text. There's like one leg on the other side of the room, and then another leg under the bed, and then like a PB and J sandwich half eaten with like beta alanine on it on the plate. Yeah, yeah. It almost looks like drugs, and it's just like, dude, what are you? What is happening here? And he has an explanation for it all. It's like, oh, well, when I was falling asleep, I took this one off. I took this one off. And I ate yeah. only half of a PB&J post-race because I got sick. You, know? you, can't, you can't let him do that. You got to be like, Colts, you got to throw the PB. Like, you got you to gotta stay on. <laughs> Otherwise, it like, explodes over the room. Yeah. Um, I, rooming with you was super fun. Minsk. Yeah. Like, that was, you know. We chilled. Uh, we we just, chilled mad hard. Especially yeah. Minsk. Well, they, I think you got to experience the fact that on the like the last podcast when I was talking about uh, our potential jail stories with uh, Johnny. Webb. Yeah, yeah, I got to witness you leave the hotel at like eight in the morning and return like 15 hours later with two helmets, just like like pale. Yeah, like looking like you hadn't eaten since you left breakfast. Dude, it was awful. It was horrifying. <laughs> a day that I thought was just going to be a rest day. Yeah, it was awesome. I know you were like, oh, this will be fine. We're going to have to ride. Like, I'll just pop over here. I'll be back in a minute. I was yeah. like, no well, there's also only one bed in that room. I was on a cot against the window for the whole that, time. That is right. That is right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, so Eric, Colby, and myself. Oh, that's... I, yeah, and I, you know. What's, I, the, what's the downside about rooming with me then? I got to know. You can be honest, dude. All you, all you fuckers that are married, it's just like uh, fucking headphones on, like, hi, Casey. Uh, like, come on, man, I'm like trying to, you know. Yeah. You want to like go out for drinks and like Minsk at this point? It's like, well, because no, we're not. No, I want to go get at that point. Like, yeah. No, I had to go right to Glasgow. But yeah, it was, you know, it was like, I want to go get fucked. Uh, yeah and like go out let's hang out let's let's enjoy yeah. the the scenery of whatever yeah like roots had. you know we like we knew after glasgow or yeah. sorry after oh, like yeah. we knew we had a we had a and i was definitely there. like let's rally the boys let's you know even if it's just the hotel bar like let's let's go have a moment together and then like everyone just dipped everyone was like i'm gonna go call my wife i'm gonna go call like greggy's like i'm gonna go call my parents I'm like yeah come on guys like Let's, you know, it was a bit rough. It was a, it was a weird time, that. man. That's like some of the most fun I've ever had traveling, while also some of the least amount of fun I've ever had traveling, all in all in one foul swoop. Yeah, that was a, that was a, yeah, that was a weird, that was a weird experience for sure. Like it was, you know, um, like I think we'd still, we still definitely really achieved something, uh, you know, and like we learned look, a lot. Like me, you, and Eric were at the very first camp. Yeah. Uh, and to, to come all the way through that, I think, was really cool. But at the same time, it was just like soul-crushing disappointment. Yeah, dude. Honestly, if you would have said that I would have made it past 2017's camps, I would have been shocked. Like, I had a decent first camp. I think I rode like a full 40. <laughs> you rode yeah, in America. And in America at that time, that was actually pretty good. Was, yeah, like... That was, I mean, that was kind of the time standard at those camps. It was like, knock out a sub 440 and like, we'll see you again in a month. Well, that's kind of how Colby cracked in. Just this pale white dude with blonde hair shows, <laughs> skinny dude, big head, 
all of a sudden is like rocking a 435 on training wheels. Yeah. And we've never heard of this guy and he's a skier. And it's like, oh, well, yeah. Jesus, they're probably just going to recruit the entire ski team at this point. But come to find out, actually, Colby likes cycling. So, um, and he's actually really good. He's a bit of a freak. Yeah. He also, like, uh, he'll listen to this. I, I take slight exception to this point because he was 15, 16 national TT champ on the road. Wow. And everyone's like, where did this kid come from? And you're well, like, you got to understand our age, Gavin. Like, you know, I'm 20 something at the time. No, no, no. So I'm like, not like looking at the 15, 16 national champion being like, God, when he comes up, dude, we're fucked. <laughs> you know what I mean? For sure. But, but everyone was like, this kid's never ridden a bike. And it was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he, you know, he hadn't raced really. He hadn't really been a, a cyclist, but like he'd ridden a bike. Well, I think that was the same year that he was like yeah. supposed to podium in the pursuit. And, uh, and he showed up. Dude, you know, I just remember hearing for like, I remember talking to, to Jake at Felt. Yeah. Because Colby had the bike, and Jake was like, he's going to go sub 320 in the 3K. And I was like, I don't think anyone's done that since like Finney. Yeah. Um, but he, he definitely had like an aura about him when he came into the program. Everyone was like, yeah. oh my God. Well, I remember. I remember, I remember he was like going to come crush like the actual elite men's team pursuit. And, yeah. he sh- and he shows up and he's like pale face and he's just like staring at a wall and you can tell that he hasn't rested. And I was like, yo man, are you okay? And he's like, yeah, I just got back from Belgium. I, I, after this week, I leave for Libidoby. Uh, okay, man, you good? Yeah. Yeah. And it was like, it was the quietest I've ever he, seen him. Yeah. He loves a bit of a, a deep, dark hole. Yeah, there's only two times I've seen him in that hole, and they're 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 a very precious thing. Um, and honestly, if I ever see him in that hole again, I'll be sure to get him on the podcast, guys, because when he's in that hole, it's almost like a dude who's on drugs that's delirious and hasn't eaten in three days. And the filter, I mean, the filter's pretty non-existent anyway, and then it's yeah. just gone. Yeah, the filter's gone, and it's almost like you're like, "Hey, man, like, how's your day?" And he's like, "I like Chipotle. It's good." And you're just like. Where did that come from, dude? That's pretty accurate, actually. You ask, like, yeah. It's not even that coherent. It's like, Colt, how are you doing today? And he's like, what's the weather in Vail? Yeah, <laughs> dude, it's insane. So to wrap up the podcast, what are you, you know, what are you most looking forward to? So, like, what are you getting ready for? I mean, obviously the Olympics, like, but what does that look like? And yeah, like how are you? How are you prepping to make sure you do the best you can be in twenty twenty one? Five by five. No, uh, I don't know. I'd like to. Uh, I'd like you know. Uh, the, Besides the training with me. Yeah, yeah. You, Tristan. Yeah. Full gas. Uh, not on the pe- like not full full, but just on not the pedals. Full, full, on yeah. the pedals. Yeah. Tension on the chain, hey. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, I think I need I need racing is yeah. what it boils down to. Like, I raced three World Cups and Worlds, and that's the only elite European mass start race experience I have. Yeah. Uh, so I just need bike racing. Yeah. And, and there's a few things we're looking at, uh, like how I can try and get that. But I think trying to plan more than two weeks ahead right now is pretty pointless. So Yeah, no, that's for sure. Aren't, you know, 
trying to, I, I mean, I did, I loved that. I listened to Johnny Whale. Yeah. I loved his theory on training. I buy into that a hundred percent. Like, yeah, well, honestly, he's kind of struck me with that training philosophy with Rob now. So like me and Rob are working on this. So I'm working with Rob Stanley and we've, we've come to that conclusion too, man. Like just make it fun, man. Make it fun, but also make sure you're getting work in. Make it hard. You know, and this is like, I've always advocated the five by five. Yeah. Um, five by five. Just smash yourself a bit. And for me right now, it's like lift heavy, ride my bike a lot, do some threshold workouts. And, and that's about it. And then is, um, you know, Elevate's talking about going to tour of Thailand in November, yeah. but I can't plan anything. So we'll just um, see what happens. Well, I got ex alumni from, um, Elevate coming on, Piccoli. Um, he's in Poland right now. You're getting Piccoli on the podcast. Yeah, Piccoli. There we go. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Ask so. him. Let's see. What do you? Uh, what do you ask that guy about? Oh yeah, yeah. Give us. That's how we'll close out the podcast. Give us one. Co- give us one question for James. There's just so many. The guy is such a freak. Well, I'm, I'm <laughs> kind of. I want to know the inside details on the Gronovagen sprint of this this morning. Dude, I've got a story about that that's yeah. kind of tangentially funny. Yeah. Um, so the guy that got messed up, Jakobsen. Yeah. Uh, I did. I did this really horrible race in northern Holland called uh, ZLM Tour, and you go over these huge bridges, and it's just crosswind as shit. Yeah. And uh, Sean Bennett crashes, and he's like race lead. It's like him and Nielsen. He's race leader, U.S. national team. Um. So I stop, I like stop with Sean. Spend the next like 100K like riding through echelons. Just Sean's in the wheel and I'm just like, all right, we're gonna like, we're going to the front. Yeah. I'm like, I'm gonna ride myself out of the bike race. I'm gonna get you as close to the front as possible. And then like my day's done. Yeah. And at some point we go, Jakobsen was U23 Dutch national champ as well. Yeah. And at some point we just see this like lone rider coming back out of the front break. And it's, Dutch national champ kit, but in the time it's taken him to get dropped from the front echelon and get to where we are, he's put leg warmers on and a full like thermal jacket. It is just tapping out like 200 watts. Just like, yeah, day's done, huh? It's, it's draining now. And we went by it, but we were both just like, fuck, we're still like three minutes from the front of the race. That ain't happening. Yeah, that ain't happening. Ain't getting up there. Yeah. So, all right. So I, I would ask James, either ask him about the amount of halo top he consumes. Halo top. Oh, that's interesting. Um, ask him about how he didn't do Winston Salem crit last year, and then we still put him in the split because we're good teammates. Oh man! So I'm gonna ask him how he felt about that. You should ask him how he felt not paying us back by winning the road race the next day. I think that's like the, the you know unspoken agreement was we were going to go make a bunch of money in the crit, although Eric gets rolled by Stephen Bassett, Oof. and then we were going to put uh, James in the split, and he was going to go win the road race the next day. Yeah, and he didn't do it, and it was. Ugh. But I think I think that's a thing. Like I think I've heard like some of those higher end pro teams like like if they go to a crit, and let's say they win ten grand. I know they don't win ten grand, but I'm just using it as an, a number. We made ten grand. Okay, well, there's there's ten people on the team, but six are at the crit. They still split it 
10 ways. Yeah. And so the definitely work something differently. Yeah. We, so we just do split for the guys in the race. Um, James was at the race and just didn't yeah. do the crit because, you know, had a pro tour contract waiting for him and didn't want to take a bunch of risks. Hey, Val. He's at the tour of Poland right now. That racing that you want yeah. to do? Yeah, he's doing that right now. Um, well, anyways, Gavin, thank you so much, man. Guys, if you haven't already, please make sure you hit that subscribe button. Also, check out Gavin's social media. It's going to be down in the description below. Thank you. Oh, hold on.